We've got him. Oh, yeah, we've got him, right. (laughs) Former Australian uh, bowler took three wickets for the country. Absolute champion of Australian cricket, Michael Beer. Good evening, Michael Beer. How are we, lads? Thanks Uh, for having me. That's better. That's better. We're great, mate. Happy New Year. Um, Have you been seeing the Ashes, mate? Are you all excited, I bet? Yeah, it's been interesting, isn't it? It's been Australia have obviously shown how dominant they are. There was obviously question marks that sort of over England with their sort of squad depth and unfortunately it's shown a few things haven't gone their way from the word go and Aussies have been I think slightly unlucky not to be 4-0 up but 3-0 up going into the last test which has been intriguing and the nation's definitely engaged with it which is great. Michael, it's uh, was it here. Are you, are you disappointed that uh, being the pioneer of the uh, opening the bowling as a spinner, you're disappointed that we haven't continued that through this test? No, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> to be really honest, Australia's use of their bowlers has been really amazing and, uh, and credit to them. Obviously, a very big fan of Scott Boland and what he's come in and done. Um, been lucky enough to play a bit of cricket with him at the Melbourne Stars and he's one that the selectors have definitely uh, possibly people might say gone left field but they've definitely got that right and and, I, and we've got a new cult hero so it's great to see Michael it's uh, Alex here mate well, what's he like off field tell us a little bit about Bolo because he, he seems like a pretty unassuming type yeah very unassuming that's what makes this even better but it doesn't this spotlight definitely doesn't uh, doesn't sit with him too well it's, it's, it's not in his nature so a few of the boys are definitely amping it up and, and telling him about it because it's not him. And as you, you saw it when he, when he was supposed to raise the ball in the limelight at the MCG, he had no interest in doing it. <laughs> um, yeah. He's just such a great fella and the way he goes about it, he's, he's one you want to play alongside. And I've been lucky to do that and it's great to see him get the rewards. And I think we looked a couple of years ago, we probably thought that wasn't going to happen. So it's great it's happening and, and he's bowling really well, which is awesome. Did you uh, get to the cricket? I was there day three, and, yeah, when he took a wicket going back down to the uh, fine leg, he was getting all the applause but still very shy. You could see he didn't want to sort of engage, but I think he had a cheeky little smile. Yeah, he definitely. Oh, I was lucky enough to be there. It was an, it was an amazing atmosphere. Um, that was the 80 minutes of test cricket I saw this year, so um, that was the, probably the, the best 80 to pick from and, and enjoyed it and enjoyed definitely celebrated it and, picked up COVID so I'm blaming him for it but anyway <laughs> um, but anyway that's, a, that, that's my story but no Scott oh, it was an amazing day for him and something he'll always remember and I think all his mates and everyone who's played cricket with him will also remember it for him because him, him it's well deserved Now back to your career Michael um, you were endorsed early by Shane Warne uh, got yourself a game. Did open the bowling in a couple of innings there over in the West Indies. Do you do you look back and, and see? Well, firstly, what's your uh, relationship with Warney? And do you look back and see? You know that you could have got a little bit more, or you wanted a bit more, or? Oh, to be honest, I think that the Warney one's an interesting one. How that sort of works. I know Warney's very close with Ian Chapel, and Greg Chapel was a selector, so. I think when Warney was putting my name up in lights, he might have had an inside knowledge that I was going to go anyway. So, <laughs> Fair I, think, enough. I think, so yeah, so uh, saying he picked me, I think he had a bit of knowledge that the selectors were uh, were definitely looking at me and I was a fair chance to be picked. So, put it that way, I, I think that's, that's what they do, the journals, and he was acting as one at the time. So, that that's where that came from, but obviously, I knew him from St Kilda days and he, it was, uh, it's always nice when someone puts your name up and then obviously, being able to play for in a national series was great. Unfortunately, it was 
it's the last one they've, they've won over here, and hopefully that stays like that in a while. But um, that's, that's something not to remember. But I was lucky enough to go on a lot of tours. Um, obviously, you mentioned I played in the West Indies as well. So um, yeah, look back, look back at that time as you, you with the national team and, and met some great people and enjoyed the opportunities I got. And to your T twenty to T twenty career. Um, obviously, again, sort of pioneering the opening, the bowling sort of spin scenario, which we still see today. Uh, you must enjoy sort of seeing that today and know that you sort of helped that along. Yeah, yeah, there was a stage at the at the back end of my career when guys were getting a game and they opened the bowling. I was telling them it was only because I did it. Um, <laughs> but, um, no, to be really honest, that's only, oh, I think it was just part of the evolution of, of a new, new format. And I was lucky enough to... To be an exponent, I had a, a few skills that, that sort of matched it, so I was pretty lucky. I think it also helped. I played a lot of games for the for the scorchers at the Wacker at the start, and it used to suit suit there. The ball skidding on, and you can and beating the batsman in that way, so that helped as well. And, and the other part was I also had some other spinners in the team, so the flexibility that I could offer around bowling at different times, I think, is important and something. I think the national T20 team hasn't nailed yet being able to have that second second spinner, which I think is really important for matchups and and that sort of thing. But having the flexibility that the second spinner can bowl in the middle, but not only if they, if there's a matchup to bowl in the in the first six in the power play and things like that. So that, that's going to be a real interesting one for me looking at the the next T20 World Cup because I think if you look at stats, I think the the most successful Big Bash team over the years has always had. Two, two genuine spinners in the lineup. Yeah, no, I agree. And your your surname, obviously, your your nickname, Frothy. Um, yep. Let's let's sort of think back to your playing days. Was this was there a, a really bad joke or a really good joke that you can remember in regards to being out there on the field? Maybe the opposition has has said. Or... Uh, oh, I remember bowling. It might even be my first game at St Kilda. The bloke a bit off, Sean Craig, and another guy a bit on the. Spent my whole ten overs yelling at every different type of beer they ever drank. <laughs> so, that went for sixty balls, unfortunately. So that, that's probably the worst one. Um, and then obviously a few nick- other nicknames can always you know, can come up and about from Frosty to Frothy to whatever comes next. So yeah. it's all part of the fun, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, but I like it told that you're the worst one out there, though, Beery. What do you mean? No, you're, you're, you're the one this? that <laughs> you're the one that gets a bit angry and feisty. Oh, yeah, I'm competitive, so you can't deny that. And if, <laughs> I, I, I can't do much other than bowl, so I've got to keep myself occupied by talking most of the time. <laughs> Fair enough. It keeps, keeps me engaged in the game, which is the main point. That is the main thing. Um, now, Jack Leach is on a hat-trick um, going into this fifth test in Hobart starting um, well, Friday. Tell us yeah. about your hat-trick. Oh, the one I got at uh, my first on-debut for Victoria. Yes, I might wheel this out like Damien Fleming does debut for Australia. I'll be on the oldest, <laughs> oldest deputant to get a hat-trick for Victoria. Um, yeah, I basically filled in to Scott Boland and a few of the other the pace bowlers were uh, away on a South African tour with Australia, a one-day tour. Um, so they were short and got called up to play a few games and got on the whacker and got South Australia on a good day and they missed a couple so there's not much more to tell than that to be honest um, <laughs> Come on, I did, no, I did do, in, you do your research on the opposition and I can't honestly remember who exactly I was bowling the ball to from a hat-trick <laughs> ball but I did know if I if 
I'd done my research. If I got it pretty straight, I was a fair chance to get it. So <laughs> it, it ended up happening that way. But it was a bit of a weird one. I did it over. I know Jack Leach is looking to do it over a couple of tests, but I, did, I think I did it over three overs. Um, or no, I did it over two overs yeah. over different ends. I bowled from the other end, and I was the only one out there who knew I was going get who knew I was on. One. <laughs> so, when, so when I got it, I just ran and told everyone because I've never got one before. So I thought I better not tell anyone because that'll that'll cook it for me. So and I ended up getting it. So wow. Was there a celebration, or was there anything that uh, happened? Well, Pete Hans came running at me, and I'm going to tell him. I was telling him it was a hat trick. Go away! I'm going to tell everyone it was a hat trick. So, <laughs> yeah, what would what so, would uh, Jack be thinking then? Uh, Going into this test match, knowing that in one, you know, his first ball of his uh, his first over, that he's he's well, almost had well, to look through his mind. Look, look into the wicket at the moment. It's nice and green. He might be hoping he gets a game. Yeah. Um, the mm. second second part of it is the way the Aussies are treating him in first innings. They're pretty aggressive, so yep. you might and he might have a few blokes back, and they might be trying to they might try and go him if the ball's seeing around on a green wicket with a pink ball. So <laughs> That's true. Yeah, it might be a bit different thought process to mine. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see another little element to watch next week. Just on the back on the Big Bash, Michael, uh, Adam Zampa was talking last night after the game a bit about um, how the players are sort of feeling around it and they felt feeling like it's a bit more difficult to get up for it and the season's getting too long. Um, I know you were a huge fan of playing in it and you, you've written about how much you love the big bash and and how how good it made you feel playing in it. Um, do you, what do you sort of think about what uh, what Zamp said? Like, do you, do you oh, see that sort of fire fizzling out? Well, it's been a very interesting year for the Melbourne Stars, as we all know, with COVID and injuries and a few other things. Um, but on top of that, I, I think the players are, are going through a real interesting transition. He would have come back. Um, he would have been on the road because he's been away with the. Um, T20 side, so personally for him that'd be another element, I think you've got about a week at home in between um, and then from there you've got to look at things like um, the, the competition's changed, we used to play 8 games in a, in a 6 to 8 week period we used to play every team once and then your rival round, so the Stars would play, they had 2 derbies um, we used to get, get 80,000 to a game, mm-hmm. I know it was a perfect storm but then, at the moment, those stars play the MCG the other night, and it was a perfect storm the other way. They, they got 5,000. So, that the, the noise, the crowd, the buzz you used to get out of it's not there. So, whether that's because of the number of games, I don't know. There's a number of different um, reasons going into it. So, you have, to, you have to understand that's probably what's going through the players' mind on top of they're in a bubble, they're not allowed to hardly socialise. I think at the minute, I don't know the exact rules, but they have to be very careful. Some have been locked in their hotel rooms for seven days and probably still tired um, and probably find it very hard to motivate themselves to get through the competition. So I think that's where Zam's comments are coming from. Um, Yeah, and I think the authorities have have changed a few things in the time from when BBL was probably what I would call crowd numbers at its peak. Um, Whether that pays the bills, I don't know whether it is. Obviously not. It's obviously TV games and how many are played and all that sort of thing, but that's where the players are coming from. So I think that's that's where it's at. So unfortunately, the product's changed. Um, at the moment, the quality, the, unfortunately, due to COVID, the, the standard of the game's dropping just with so many young players. It's great they're getting opportunities and it's good to see, but you don't want the standard of the game to drop, do you? Because that'll, again, 
make less people would come and be involved in it. Yeah, I guess on the flip side of it, with those young players, do you do you see it being like they'd obviously be enjoying taking those opportunities and having the chance in front of, you know, national crowds and big bash level coaches. So oh. there is that positive in it as well, surely. Yeah, there is there is that positive element. Absolutely, we saw Todd Murphy who. Someone I've been involved with at St Kilda and now involved really well last night in Serena Gaze and he's someone who probably deserves the opportunity. Um, so there's a, there'll be some, definitely some great stories come out of that the guys will get a look in and then there will be ones that won't. So that's just part of the nature of giving people a go. Um, but it'll be really interesting to, to see how it sort of goes or if the Cricket Australia are going to look to, to change anything with the with the big rush league, to be honest, because obviously the and how important crowd numbers is to that final, probably bank balance or how they want the competition perceived. Mary, back to uh, back to you as always. We on this oh, show, no. yes. <laughs> no, your, your baggy green. Who presented that to you? And uh, has it got a nice place on the mantelpiece somewhere? Yeah, it's uh, no, it's in the sock drawer. Um, <laughs> That's where all the money goes, isn't it? Put it away. It only comes out when someone someone's on Zoom from England. And <laughs> to be honest, um, but to, no, Shane Warne presented it. Um, I'm not one to sort of flight much more. Most of my memory bill is in the garage in, in, a, in a cricket bag somewhere. So um, yes, it means a bit more than being that. But to be honest, yeah, Shane Warne presented it to me, and it was a real honour. Obviously, the, I think Australia's best ever bowler to present me with it, with it, with the cap, and obviously. Playing cricket with him at St Kilda at a club level and coming from the same club, yeah, it's a great honour. I'm always remember that. Oh, I think it's a, it's yeah, a great it's achievement to get oh, like one game for Australia, let alone two or three, or yes. even yeah, great achievement. So, no, it was good. Um, now you're a Collingwood supporter, aren't you? Oh. Yeah, mad. Yeah, no, mad pie. Uh, yeah. What are your thoughts on uh, their new coach? We haven't spoken since uh, Craig McRae got uh, appointed, and um, the footy club's sort of new direction. What are we thinking? Yeah, I don't mind it. He's obviously come with pretty good raps. He's got some good people involved. Um, I think Craig, uh, sorry, Justin Lepich has been involved in some successful teams as well. So that's 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 really handy when you get people involved who have been to the pinnacle in their roles. Um, and then obviously they're going to have to go in a bit of a. I think it'll take a couple of years to, to slowly build and, you, and use the seniority players they got now, but also to develop some kids and, and change change a philosophy in how they play the coach's way, that's always going to take time, but um, yeah, the way footy clubs do it, they mm. sort of swing the axe and make change and off they go, so hopefully um, has some positive outcomes and some, sometimes it happens quick, sometimes it takes a little bit, but no, everything um, I think is positive and, and so it'll be interesting to see, the only thing is just being patient, watching it, it's not going to happen straight away, so hopefully some of the young guys will get opportunities to build, build time and I think last year actually saw at the back end of the year some positives of guys who played a lot in the early, early in the year actually starting to improve towards the back end. So there's already those sort of signs going forward and it'll be like that for the next sort of 12 to 18 months. Yes, uh, very exciting. Um, now, you know, um, what, what, um, who's the captain? I know that you're in amongst it. I know that you're friends with some of the board members and uh, friends that are in high-powered positions at the Magpies. Uh, what uh, what is your thoughts on uh, the Scott Pendlebury captain again, or is there a new one? Well, I think it might be his choice, to be honest. Um, and then obviously go from there. He's obviously and probably his fitness is probably the other thing. He's obviously had a lead, lead injury, but the saying I've got any inside info with anyone that's totally wrong. <laughs> um, Taylor Adams used to walk the dog near my near my parents' house, so I used to say hello to him. But that's about it. Uh, so, and he's a 
He's a, the ultimate professional. So well, if he's they, a candidate. They go to some, they go to someone like him. I think. Um, yeah, I think someone like him would be, would be a good way to lead because he's a he's a doer. I agree. Going off the following, Dick Maxwell, he was a he was a doer. The way he did things, um, he would never ask the player to do something he wouldn't do. And I think Taylor Adams fits that mould. Yeah, I'm very good. Hey, Michael, we'll leave it there, mate. It's been great to chat again. Thank you so much for your time, buddy. Um, and uh, it's great to get your thoughts on um, the Ashes and a few other things in uh, your cricket and your career. But, yeah, really appreciate no, it, mate. No worries. Any time. Question for you, boys. Who are they going to pick? Kawaja, Harris or Head? Kawaja, he's in. Yeah. Yeah, lock it in. Yeah, no, no Head, unfortunately. No head, so they're sticking with Marcus Harris. No. Right, well, I'll, do, I'll do it. I'll have that one. I'll have another interview anytime, boys. <laughs> You're a good man. Thank Thanks, you Robert. very much. No worries, boys. <laughs> there we go. Michael Beer, uh, former Australian uh, Test bowler.